Welcome to the See Me Now podcast. I'm Kelsey Coleman here with my co-host, Caitlin Birdsall, and we are joined today by Colorado Mesa University Professor of Accounting, Suzanne Owens-Ott. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you have experience being an auditor, an accountant, and now you are a professor here at CMU. Can you tell us about your history, how you got into accounting, and maybe that um, it's actually not all about math? No, it's not all about math. So um, I actually got into accounting straight from high school. For whatever reason, during high school, I decided that accounting would be a good career choice for me. And turns out I was right. So I started as a freshman accounting major, which is pretty rare. Um, And I liked that. I went straight from my bachelor's degree to working in audit at Deloitte, one of the big Uh, At that time, big six accounting firms, there are only four of them now, and then spent a few years in public accounting and then went to work for Sprint Corporation in Kansas City, which is now part of T-Mobile. So what's something maybe about accounting that you think is a misperception by the average person? Because I know I have for myself a picture of an accountant or what they do on a daily basis, but I'd be curious if you want to debunk any accounting myths today. Sure. So the first myth is... um, Accounting is not math. Uh, So I have a lot of students on the first day of class will come up to me and they're all nervous and worried about whether they'll make it through the class because they say they're not good at math. And my response is always, well, that's okay because accounting is not math. we any what math we do is all uh, add, subtract, multiply, and divide, and we use a calculator for that. So you don't have to be great at math. Accounting is more about um, taking information that happens to usually be numbers and putting that information into buckets or categories, and then telling people about what's in all the buckets and reporting what's in each category. So um, it's more about can you put things in the right category and, and tell people about it than math. You mentioned earlier that being a freshman and an accounting major is rare. Why is that? Um, partly because, um, a lot of freshmen just don't think about accounting. Uh, it's not something they're very familiar with usually, unless one of their family members is an accountant or has an accounting degree. Um, partly because, uh, accountants aren't known as the sexiest professional group probably in the world. No. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's hard to believe, but, um, we probably have a misperception that we, sit behind our desk in a dark room all day and and do nothing but math with calculators and don't come out and don't talk to anyone. And that perception probably causes a lot of people to steer away from it. So earlier you mentioned that accounting is a little bit less about math and more about being able to put information into buckets and then communicating that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting piece because you do think math, but really it's more about that communication. So can you tell a little bit more about how do you as an accountant effectively communicate what's going on in your world to the rest of the organization that you work within? Yes. Well, one of the things I tell my students frequently, my upper level students particularly, because a lot of them got into accounting because they love math and they hate to write or they hate to speak in front of a group or something like that. And I tell them it really doesn't matter how technically competent you are. If you can't communicate with your coworkers or your boss, or especially with your client who's paying you, 
um, then you're really not going to be a valuable employee. So I ride my students pretty hard on writing appropriately. Um, I make them do some presentations and things like that because those soft skills are just as important, if not more important, than the technical skills. The technical skills will come with time and with practice. The soft skills are something that are really important in, in terms of your success in your career. You started teaching at a community college in 2003. Yes. And you said it was really eye-opening because people were working really hard just so they had the opportunity to be in the classroom. Can you talk about how you found that passion? Yeah, it you know, it, it was really eye-opening. I came from a, a, a very small town in Missouri. Um, it was a university town, so a lot of the people that I went to school with growing up, their parents were professors or, or worked for the university. My parents didn't. I was a first-generation college student. But um, I went through college. Uh, uh, I eventually started teaching at Kansas City, Kansas Community College. Great, great school. Um, it's right in the heart of Kansas City, Kansas. It's not the nicest area of Kansas City, I guess. Um, there's a, a lot of crime in, in Kansas City, Kansas. And, and the students that I had were just eye-opening is probably the best word. I mean, they worked so hard, and it was such a big deal for them to just be in the classroom. A lot of them didn't have cars, and they worked, you know, they had worked several jobs, and they they rode public transportation, like a bus, to, to get to school, which meant, you know, if the bus was late, they were late, or if they missed the bus, they couldn't come, or if they had to work extra hours or didn't have childcare. They just had a lot of things on their plate, and students here do also, but they just had so many things working against them that just the fact that they could get through a class successfully was a major milestone for them. So um, it was very humbling to see how hard they worked for something that they wanted so bad that I, even though I was a first-generation college student, I probably took for granted. I can only imagine as a professor that you have taught countless students throughout the years here, both in your previous experience and at CMU. And I would think part of the maybe more rewarding part of your job is seeing students once they graduate and they're out in the field doing what they love in the accounting world. Could you maybe take a minute and tell us about one or two of your students, whether it's a story from in the classroom or now that they've graduated and are alumni? Yeah, there are so many of them. Um, I I run into my students a lot, or I hear from them, or I see them on social media, uh, and it's really fun to see how they've grown and left and started their careers and their families and all those things, and, and they still keep in touch with me, um, and, and they're, like, they're like some of my kids, almost, to watch them grow up. Um, some of them, kind of like the, the students I had at the community college, had some pretty um, significant hurdles to climb while they were here. I remember having one student in particular who was a very, very sweet young lady. She was a good student, but one semester I noticed she just wasn't coming to class very regularly. She just didn't seem to have it together like she had um, in the past. I didn't know her very well, but I did pull her aside and, and kind of asked her what was going on or 
there's anything I needed to know. And she was, um, she had a, a, a toddler. Um, I don't know, maybe he was one or so. Um, so she had a baby. Um, she was her, the, the baby's father, I think, recently went to prison. And she was working full time, going to school full time. And she was essentially homeless. She was couch surfing um, as she could. But she just, you know, kind of like the, the KCK kids, she just had so many obstacles to overcome. And she is doing so amazingly well now. She, she went on to graduate. She moved off to a different state, but she's doing extremely well in her career. She's gone on to graduate school. Um, she got in touch with me a week or so ago because she had a job opportunity and wanted to know if I had any students that, that would be interested. So it's really gratifying to see that. And I love to hear that because we talk all the time about how CMU is different from other college and universities. And a big part of that is our faculty members. They're in the classroom. You're connecting with students. You know them by name. You may not know everything about them, but like that, you notice that she wasn't coming to class and that there was probably something going on outside of the university life and took the time to actually have the conversation with her and figure out ways that you could support her to help her continue in her education path. So that's just, I think, one example of why CMU is so incredible. Yeah. And and we do, we do notice those things, you know, it's even so much as, you know, normally you're a, you're a very smiley person who pays a lot of attention. And today you're not making a lot of eye contact or not really talking up in class. And, you know, maybe you're just having an off day, but if that continues for a while, that's probably something I'm going to, to chat with, with a student about, which can be awkward because some students don't necessarily want me to ask about those things. They, they want their privacy. And I always tell them that that's fine. But um, some it seems like more often than not, the student is relieved that someone cared enough to ask. Talking about caring, Let's go into uh, accounting ethics, because I know that's a big, important piece of what a lot of accountants do. And, you know, there's been many scandals. And (laughs) is the accountant a hero? Are they a villain? Sometimes they're kind of portrayed as both. Or a collaborator. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sometimes. Conspirator. Um, You know, uh, with those scandals, there's there's usually both. There is an accountant who is a hero, and there is an accountant who oftentimes is a villain. It, it depends on the story. Um, what I'm trying to do is prepare my students to recognize those slippery slopes when they come to them, um, try to avoid getting themselves in the situations where they may have to face an extremely difficult choice. But the fact of the matter is they're going to face those ethical dilemmas. They they just will. We all do every day. And I'm trying to give them the, the skill set, the toolkit to know how to deal with that. Um, and a lot of times I always say, you know, find someone in your life who you can rely on to be your mentor. So I had those people where if something was was facing, if I was facing a particularly difficult challenge or something like that, or an ethical dilemma, people that I could call and go to breakfast with or go to lunch with or grab coffee and just talk with them and say, here's where I'm at and I don't know what to do. And a lot of times they would just nod and smile and not say much, but just being able to talk to them helped me figure out what I should do. And so that's kind of how I approach the class. Um, 
But ultimately, I don't want any of our accounting graduates to ever end up in orange jumpsuits. I would love to hear some examples of the extreme cases of these, um, yeah, ethical dilemmas that accountants go into because accounting is, yeah, not my world, but I know I hear it on the news sometimes these big things happen. Yeah, big, big things do happen. What I want to point out, though, is what we don't hear about on the news every day is the millions of accountants that are doing the right thing every day um, and making good choices. But that doesn't make headlines. What makes headlines are the ones that make the bad choices. And usually it's because um, they've committed some sort of fraud. And fraud can look uh, look like a couple of different things. It's either... Um, what we call misappropriation of assets, which means they're stealing things, or fraudulent financial reporting, which is cooking the books. So more often than not, if you hear about a big fraud, it's cooking the books. Um, it It's hard to steal enough to make it a huge, big, you know, multi-million dollar scandal. However, you can cook the books with big numbers. And so what we usually hear about are things like Enron and WorldCom, where there were, WorldCom's fraud was $4 billion. And so that's one of the frauds we study in accounting ethics. And I have them read um, the book by Cynthia Cooper. It's called Extraordinary Circumstances. Um, And she was the whistleblower in the WorldCom case. And it just tells about her life and the fact that the people that committed these frauds were her friends. They were what most of us would think of as good people that just made some really bad choices. And she went through a lot trying, as she blew the whistle and and that company and that fraud came crashing down around her. It was probably one of the darkest days of her life. I could only imagine, because like you said, I mean, that's your colleagues and your friends, it's your livelihood, and you're putting your name out there, but doing the right thing. So I think for us outside of that world, when you hear $4 billion and all the people that that trickled down and affects is a huge number, but really it came down to kind of this one person having that moral compass and sticking to it, even in the face of adversity. Right. And she really did have to stick to it because even as she tried to blow the whistle, she faced pressure um, and obstacles that, no, 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 you're you're looking at it wrong or things are going to turn around next quarter or, you know, why are you looking at that? You should be focusing on this. So it's it's hard, um, and it's it's out there. It just is. Um, but what I want people to remember is most accountants are the good guys, or the good good gals, the good people that are are actually making good choices every day, especially if they went to school at CMU. And you said accounting wasn't sexy. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a, a movie called The Accountant. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> So I can only imagine you've been in the accounting world, you said pretty much since you got out of high school. How have things maybe changed more recently, whether that's from a technology standpoint, whether it's from the size of companies and how many accountants they need? I just feel like our world is always rapidly evolving and changing. And so I could only imagine the impacts on the accounting world. Yeah, well, technology certainly has changed a lot. When I was um, at Deloitte uh, in Kansas City as an auditor, I remember the day that I got my first portable, we wouldn't call it a laptop, but portable computer. um, And it was about the size of a pretty large sewing machine that you might carry around and had a 
teeny tiny, like maybe eight inch square screen with orange letters on it. And I was so excited about this computer that I had so I wouldn't have to use these green columned papers and pencils. It was a pretty big deal in my life. But, um, you know, we went from that to everything today is pretty much paperless. You know, I, when I did audits, I would drive around Kansas City to my audit clients with a trunk full of papers, work papers that I was working on or, or collecting and things like that. And these days, everything is, is wireless and um, definitely a lot of advantages um, there. And, and just, the way, just the way accounting is done these days, we have so many tools to help us that we didn't necessarily have when I first started out. But I think it's still, and I make my students learn you know, how to do it on paper because I think it's important for them to understand what is the system doing for you? Because if you don't know what the system is doing for you, how would you ever understand if it's doing it wrong or what those reports that it's providing for you mean? So I think that's um, pretty important. And sometimes you hear people say, oh, well, accounting is going to be replaced by technology. And I think that's absolutely false. Um, bookkeeping might be replaced by technology, but but accountants really are, are more critical in the analytics um, and understanding what what the reports and numbers are telling you and how do you use that information to make good decisions. And that, that takes a human. Do you think these companies are um, at all at risk or more vulnerable because of technology? Yeah, I think everybody probably, I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You hear of, of cybercrime and, you know, how often do we get the email, I'm sorry, but your personal information has been compromised. We all get that, right? Um, so, yeah, I think in, to a certain extent they're more vulnerable, but we're smarter too. So, it, but but both sides are getting smarter, right? The criminals are getting smarter at the same time. You know, the people that are protecting the information is is they're also getting smarter. And so it's just a matter of, can we stay can we stay ahead of the criminals? But I don't think accounting is any more vulnerable really than any other industry in terms of that type of technology risk. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It has been great to learn all about what you do, what you do in the classroom and outside the classroom. And thanks for really caring about your students. Oh, thanks. It was fun. Come take an accounting class sometime. You'll love it. Thank you for listening to the See Me Now podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.